This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now, though, we're going to shift gears and talk about uh, a couple of decisions that came out from the CRTC. Well, one's a decision and one's a proposal. We should be accurate here. Uh, They're taking a look at a couple of different things. And one of them, the first one we'll talk about, deals with the never-ending and uh, pretty daunting task of trying to regulate the Internet. The federal government looking at some changes uh, what they want to do is target websites where people essentially steal television shows and movies, piracy websites. You know what they are. Uh, Laura Tribe joins us now, and Laura is the executive director of the internet advocacy group Open Media. So, Laura, do I have that right? Essentially, they're trying to make sure that content creators are getting paid for their work, something that they've talked about before uh, and failed miserably on, right? <laughs> uh, I think there's there's been a lot of talk about it, and I think that's definitely what... Uh, is kind of the underlying motivation for what is being floated uh, by the government in this case. But I think that the ramifications for this could be a lot wider, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's the concern. Basically, what they're doing is going to Internet service providers and saying, we want you to block specific websites. That's the mechanism they've chosen to propose in this instance? Well, I think there's a few different things on the table. Uh, this is actually a proposal that we have seen already in the past, and it's really been pushed forward by Bell Canada. Uh, specifically, and they have been looking for the powers to block websites that they believe are supporting illegal content sharing. Uh, And I think just to make it really clear, we are not in support of illegal content sharing, but I think unfortunately the proposals uh, largely tend to circumvent a lot of the due process that would make sure that legal content is not also being blocked. And so giving a company like Bell the ability to block anything they think might be piracy is very different from asking them to block things that have been proven in a court to be piracy. And I think that's where the concerns come in for what that means for our ability to access content on the internet. Interesting. Okay. Um, How many people are doing, I mean, I didn't even know these pirate sites still existed. Is this something that's happening a lot? It's a lot less common than it used to be. Uh, Given the amount of content that is available through online streaming platforms, you know, that content is now able to be accessed online. And so we have seen over the years those numbers coming down uh, significantly. And we do have already a regime through our Copyright Act that knows what to do with that. They know how to handle it. Uh, When content is identified that has been shared that they believe is um, not legal content, there are notifications that go through ISPs to the customers or the internet users that let them know um, there are mechanisms to take those users to court should the case arise. Uh, so it's not this is like this is a problem that's been ignored. Uh, this is really looking to take far more dramatic and overreaching steps, I would say, to try and address this. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's part of the concern because, like, like we said, this isn't the first time this has been discussed in trying to get a handle on this situation. Uh, the arguments against it before were, you know, net neutrality and basic censorship. Are those arguments being made once again? A hundred percent. They are very similar. So when this proposal was first floated, it was introduced at the CRTC, our federal regulator, and uh, in a very unprecedented amount of engagement, there were over 150,000 submissions put into the CRTC about this proposal because people feel very strongly about it. And network neutrality or net neutrality is really about making sure that 
ISTs, your service providers, have to treat all content neutrally. They have to treat it all the same. They don't get to pick and choose what they think is good enough. And this really flies in the face of that principle that's so important to the open internet. Yeah, it, it, it's in direct defiance to that, obviously. Um, now, the CRTC, when they talked about this before, their decision to not do anything, basically they came down and said, well, it's not our jurisdiction, so we can't do anything. So why is it different this time? In this case, it's actually a proposal being put forward by the government. So the Minister of Canadian Heritage has opened a consultation to ask people what they think. And they have put forward kind of a, a discussion paper to start the conversation, and they're asking for submissions by the end of May. Uh, to let them know what people think and what they should do. So the difference is that while the CRTC said they don't have the authority to implement such a regime, the government does. And I think the other difference is that instead of this being pushed forward by a very uh, clear private interest like Bell, in this case, it's actually being put forward by the government itself. So the government is asking, can we have the powers to do this? And what do you think if we move forward with it? And so I think there's a far higher probability that it's in the right jurisdiction for those uh, powers to be used and it to be implemented. So, as you said, there are mechanisms in place to sort of notify. Is there, are, is there, is there a way that this can be done um, that everybody would say, okay, this is an acceptable approach to handling um, these piracy sites? I think it is very unlikely. Yeah. Um, the, because of how much of the liability ends up getting put on ISPs to do this, they are inherently inclined to overblock content because they don't want to be held responsible for that. If you look at ISPs who just provide internet, uh, there is no interest for them to take this on. There is no ISP that is keen to take on the responsibility of filtering and blocking websites. It's expensive, it's difficult, and they know they're going to get some of it wrong. Where you really see people pushing for it is just for those that are vertically integrated or have interest in content as well. So it really is companies like Bell who also create content where one interest is kind of influencing the other. But it's really hard to get it right. And that's why we have the copyright regime that we do, which doesn't block content off the bat, but notifies users because there is such chance of misidentifying the user or blocking their own content, given that free expression is such a a charter right in Canada. We actually yeah. don't want to have any constitutional violations either. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a tough one. It's really tough. Hey, can I ask you to hang on for a second, then we can talk about the CRTC ruling uh, regarding cell phones yesterday? Sure. Okay, let's do that. I'm going to put uh, Laura on hold. We'll come back and have that chat, because that's another interesting discussion. We'll do that right after this. So an announcement yesterday that Canada's three biggest wireless networks have suffered what... Some see it as a major setback for them. It's a ruling that uh, is meant to spur competition and bring down the consumer cost of mobile phones in this country, which is very, very high. Uh, the CRTC chairman, Ian Scott, says he believes that this ruling will ultimately result in lower wireless rates. Rates have been coming down, and they've been coming down pretty consistently, and you can see the statistics for that on uh, on our website in, in the monitoring report. But they're still too high. And they need to come down further. And this regulatory model is designed um, to make sure that happens. Uh, People who study this and pay attention to this uh, disagree. They say, yeah, this probably isn't going to work. One of the people who says that is our guest, Laura Tribe, who is uh, the executive director of the Internet Advocacy Group, Open Media. Um, Laura, first of all, let's just talk about the CRTC ruling itself. What does it say? What, what, um, What are the changes that they brought in? So what the CRTC decided in its ruling yesterday was that uh, smaller regional wireless cell phone providers, uh, so that would be like Videotron in Quebec or ExploreNet uh, in northern Manitoba, 
are able to come to an agreement with the main cell phone providers, Bell, Telus, and Rogers, to sell service over their networks um, as a mobile virtual network operator or an MVNO, to sell service over those networks in areas where the smaller providers might own spectrum or access to the airwaves but haven't built towers yet. And so, in theory, it sounds like, you know, wow, these these smaller companies are now going to be able to reach far more people and sell to more customers. Uh, But I think what is maybe missing from some of the discussion in yesterday's announcement is just how limited that expansion is going to be and how little of that will actually be passed on to or felt by Canadian customers. So when the CRTC says this is going to work, this is going to achieve our goal of bringing down prices, you're saying, yeah, probably not? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do we need to do? I mean, this has been an ongoing battle, and uh, we we just, our prices are ridiculous. If you take a look at what we pay versus what the rest of the world pays, it's not a pretty picture. No, I mean, looking at international reports, Canada comes in dead last. Yeah. We pay the most in the world for our cell phone service. And in this proceeding with the CRTC, what we at Open Media and many others were advocating for was to open up what we would call full MVNOs. So basically saying, instead of having to be a smaller cell phone provider with a network, you should let anyone resell over Bell, Telus, and Rogers Networks. Let anyone provide access, because that's how you see different types of plans, uh, different types of services, different customer service, you know, access without stores where you can do everything online. All of those things that, you know, we wish that our main providers would do, but no one's pressuring them to innovate. And I think, unfortunately, the strategy that the CRTC took, while I understand you know, what they're saying or where they're coming from, I would strongly disagree with the outcome because it is banking on the idea that the smallest companies in Canada for cell phone service are somehow going to magically be able to compete with Bell, Telus, and Rogers, who are exponentially bigger than them. And this is like the tiniest leg up on a way up a mountain. And it is not going to be enough to change things. And in terms of customers, really doesn't change who's able to provide you service where. You know, I, was, I live in Ottawa, and I was looking at, you know, what would this change for me? Who's going to be able to come here? And the answer is no one. No one knew was going to be able to provide me service. Nothing is going to change. And so, therefore, my cell phone prices won't either. So why are they calling this a setback for the big three if really it's not going to change the landscape at all? I mean, is that just trying to sell this as, hey, we're doing something? Uh, I, I think it is. I think it is definitely trying to make it look like it is more than it is um, and really trying to make people believe that this might have the potential for change. I think if you are Bell, Telus, or Rogers currently you know, they might feel like it's a setback because it's something they have to do. And they have very stridently opposed anything that would require them to resell over their networks to anyone else. And so from their perspective, letting their regional competitors have even the slightest little foothold Mm -hmm. in the market is a damage. But I think when you look at it from the big picture of how far we are from where we need to be, it's just not going to make that impact that the CRTC might be hoping for. And is, is a lot of it just have to do with the fact that we're, we're so damn big and it's really hard to reach? I mean, you've got a, a few major urban centers, but outside of that, there's really no benefit to these companies putting in service? Well, I mean, it's, it's not just that we're so damn big as a country, but that the companies are so damn big. Right. When you look at Bell, Telus, and Rogers, they have over 80% of market share in the entire country. Yeah. So all of those smaller providers that we're talking about that can now access a slightly larger footprint make up less than 20% of the market. And of that, almost 10% is Shaw, or Freedom Mobile, who's about to be sold to Rogers. And so, you know, it's 
really a David and Goliath story here where you're like, well, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out. And the entire strategy that has gotten us here has been this idea of what the government calls facilities-based competition. Essentially, if you want to compete, if you want to exist in this market, you have to build your own network. Well, we are a really big country, and these companies have had decades of Head Start and decades of government subsidy and support to get to where they are. But suddenly we just think that some other smaller company can come in and replicate it against larger forces. It, it kind of feels like beating your head against a wall trying to figure out how to make the math work. Yeah, it's it's, and they haven't. They have not figured it out clearly. They haven't, and I think you know <laughs> we saw this strategy before, and it's what got us Windmobile in the first place. Right. Who they couldn't make it on their own and had to be sold to Shaw, and now even at Shaw they can't make it, and they're being sold to Rogers. And so trying to start over again with smaller regional providers seems like just kind of doing the same thing and hoping for a different outcome sometimes. Uh, unfortunate. I was hoping for some good news there. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for your insight this morning. Good stuff. Thanks. I wish I had more uplifting news <laughs> for you, but I hope you have a great weekend. <laughs> Only so much we can do. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> uh, that is Laura Tribe, who is the executive director of the internet advocacy group Open Media. So, uh, yeah, if you were hoping that this CRTC had solved this problem and was going to come up with lower sale prices for us, uh, you're hearing from the people who take a look at this and say, yeah, probably not. It's not going to work.